0: Destruction Directive Directive. 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 Hello everyone and welcome to Earth Destruction Directive. I am your host, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today. Hope everyone enjoyed the last episode where we took a look at Gappa, the Trifibian monster, along with uh, issue 23 of marvel godzilla the penultimate issue of that series uh, we're taking a break from godzilla this time we're going back into the world of ultraman we're going to be taking a look at ultraman zero the revenge of belial and uh when i say we i do mean we in the very real and literal sense so i would like everyone to give a uh, a big warmer destruction directive welcome to uh a, a, f- a former guest who uh, hasn't been on in a while, but when we talk Ultraman Zero, this guy's always at the top of my list, Mr. Derek W. Crabb. How are you doing,
1: Derek? Hey, man. I'm doing great, man. Thank you for inviting me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, it's no problem. I, I, it's hard to believe, but I was looking through the archives, and it literally was four years
1: ago, to wow. the month,
0: that we did Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy, which of course Dude. was the introduction.
1: Dude, no, this we'll, we'll we'll talk about it later, but but there's a character in this movie that makes me feel like super old. Like...
0: <laughs> I, t- time is a cruel mistress. Just <laughs> forward.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Oh, uh, but uh, but yeah, like I said, we're gonna be talking about the second Ultraman Zero movie, and uh, we're gonna take just a, a real quick break, and we'll be back to talk about that. Right after he right after this on Earth Destruction Directive.
1: Once upon a time, five friends who met on the Bot Talk Transformers Forum set out to develop a podcast dedicated to their various interests. Transformers, science fiction, fantasy, and comic books. Part fanboys and part assholes, they came to be known as the Fanholes. Their unbridled enthusiasm for podcasting did not end there, and soon enough, their proper podcast spun off into the Fanholes network of podcasts. Besides our podcast proper, the Fanholes soon had a continuum of genre-specific, focused shows such as Mobile Suit Mondays, Transformers Tuesdays, Toku Thursdays, and Sentai Saturdays. New weekly content can be found on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and FanHolesPodcast.blogspot.com. FanHoles Podcast, the pop culture podcast. Made for the fans, by the fans.
0: Okay, we are back here on Earth Destruction Directive. So, Ultraman Zero the movie, super deciding fight, the Belial Galactic Empire. Um, We'll just call it Ultraman Zero the Revenge of Belial, if that's all okay with with all of y'all uh came out in uh 2010 it was released on December 23rd 2010 in Japan um it's the uh director was uh, Yuichi Abe uh produced by Superia Productions of course uh, Yuichi Yu- Yuichi Abe also uh wrote the film um and uh it, it is it is the, the second uh film in the Ultraman Zero film series following on after uh Mega Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy so I first saw this one I picked up the Malaysian DVD off of eBay, which is the same thing I had done for Ultra Galaxy, uh, Mega Mega Monster Battle, Ultra Galaxy, and I like the Malaysian DVDs because they are they're they're not bootlegs, they are region free, and they do have English subtitles. So that was why I went with that. How did you first get exposed to this one, Derek?
1: I'm pretty sure I saw fan subs because I think I think after I saw Mega Monster Battle, I got super obsessed with anything Ultraman Zero. So I was trying to find like whatever was next after this and it's it's kind of cool cuz cuz it seemed like right around right before we were getting ready to do this like these really nice blu-ray rips dropped or whatever so i was like i'm going to watch those
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and so it was like a really nice copy of it and everything but probably the first time was still like i don't i don't i think i was well beyond like malaysian you know or hong kong english like dvd type things at that point like i i think by the time it was 2010 i was i was neck deep into uh the you know the dark web or what, you know what i mean like yeah. I, I, I i was i was good with that so like i think i i i i found something and i watched it like i think that's how i i mm. did it but yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's kind of how i remember well the thing with
0: it. was it, yeah well the thing that, it's always struck me as odd is that the fan sub community for Common Rider and Super Sentai is so much more robust than for yes. Ultraman. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, that's I true. mean,
0: I remember I remember at like twenty ten or so looking for this and not being able to find reasonable fan subs. I mean, I probably wasn't, you know, have the connections you have, you know, but uh <laughs> well and, no and no, I, but
1: you're 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 right what you're saying. Like it, it was never it's it's always a little more difficult with Ultra-type tokusatsu. Like, I, I kind of feel like the sequel to this, like the the, the Darklops stuff that was the video before this and the Ultra mm-hmm. Fight stuff, and then the, the sequel after this, like, I, I seem to have vague recollections of being like, oh, man, I can only find raws of these, and th- then maybe I had to find, like, a subtitle and, like, splice it in or something. You know, like, I remember doing, like, hokey things to, like, watch the entire series. So, like, right. you're, you're totally on, you know basically on point with that.
0: Yeah, well, Ultraman, Ultraman Ginga was the same way. There was only, I want to say, one outfit that did all of Ultraman Ginga. Because I think Overtime did all of Ultraman Ginga. And then they passed on Ginga V. Uh, and so that one, there was only like a couple of like, really small outfits. And none of them, I don't think, at the time, at least as Ginga V was airing, actually finished it. and And then, you know, now... With uh, Crunchyroll, you can watch all you know all the the newer stuff. Anyway, uh, I don't well, I guess, uh, except for uh, uh, RB. I guess R B is not
1: on Crunchyroll. Yeah, because that's not simulcast. And then I think, I mean, unless my my current information is wrong, like I think the last I heard was they're slowly pulling those off of Crunchyroll because supposedly it's just all going to be on the Toku channel from now on or something. Yes, like that's that's yeah what I was well,
0: yeah. I, I heard it was a combination of that and with the new anime film coming on netflix
2: oh uh, okay there okay. May be,
0: they may be shifting at least in japan they may be shifting to netflix
2: mm. so
1: okay.
0: okay which would be uh, and you know that the thing about Crunchyroll, it's nice is besides the simulcast it does have some of the older shows on there as well yeah, yeah. you know so it's gotta if you want to watch some Ultraman, you, you have some options at least now oh yeah
1: yeah yeah for sure there's, there's there is, is i do have to say
0: yeah absolutely i do have to say the old school guy in me does like getting those malay dvds you know, cause it's, it's, it, no, it's, it's, I don't know. It's something tactile about it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I used to like when, when I, when I used to get major into it, I think the stuff that I ended up getting the most of was like, probably like Gundam DVDs because mm-hmm. I was trying to watch all the series, you know, before they were imported over to the States. But I just think by, by 2010, I, I'm just going to be upfront. Like by that point, I wasn't too concerned about the physical media aspect of it.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's why it takes all kinds, right? So, yeah. uh, well, so, so uh, yeah, so let, let's get uh, right into this. As I said, this is the follow up to um, Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy, where Ultraman Zero came back to the Land of the Light, saved the day, defeated uh, uh, Belial when he turned himself into a giant uh, monster at the Monster Graveyard, and was gone forever, never to be seen again. Uh, except uh, now, Belial is the evil Galactic Emperor, Kaiser Belial. And he has put together a new army made of robots called Legionoids and clones, evil clones that look just like Ultraman Zero, called the Darklops, along with a couple of allies who we'll meet later. And Belial and his army attack Planet Esmeralda, taking the planet hostage and brainwashing the guardian of the planet, who is Mirror Knight, and then sending the princess uh, seemingly into having to uh, into hiding after. Conquering the planet. This is what starts the movie. So we start right on an action beat. Get get things right going, and things don't look good just to start right out.
1: They look they look pretty bad as they start out. It's like he was. I don't you know like th- this was something where I was kind of like thinking like obviously they sort of slightly tweaked Billy's look for for this film and then like that that speaking of like physical tactile things like this kind of reminds me of the things I ended up spending money on because it was like you know I think immediately after I saw Mega Monster Battle I went out and got like an ultra act of Ultraman Zero and then mm-hmm. there's plenty of other folks in this you know along with like you know Kaiser Belial or whatever that all had you know individual ultra acts and stuff like that now I don't think I ever got but the the Kaiser one did come out and he had like the cape and everything And he's got his generals and everything like that but it kind of reminded me of like you know how like thanos would have his army of pirates and all that stuff in the early marvel comics but then like he'd get defeated like by you know captain marvel or the avengers or he'd get defeated in the infinity gauntlet and everything like that and then you like fast forward to like Series later, where he's got like a whole new army of people, and I'm always like, "Where'd you find the time to get that army, bro?" And like, I kind of, I mean, I get it. Like, like Belial's, you know, clearly the most of these are robots. They're 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 constructed. You know, they're they're in some ways they're they're a more beefy, robust version of like the battle droids from you know. The, the prequels or whatever but right. I, I, I still I was kind of like I, I did have that thought in the back of my head where it's like dude you met two generals you got all these guys together like you did all this while you were dead or whatever like you know so there's always that aspect to it where I was like dude and and you got a you've got a smooth looking like cape or whatever like you're you know <laughs> Denzel Washington in, uh, in the, the Ridley Scott movie or whatever so it's like <laughs> you had time to do everything you know so yeah
0: He's also got the big uh, the, the big fleet of ships and the one flagship that's like a hand. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that uh, the only thing that made me think of when, with the big hand coming up and grabbing the planet. Do you remember the syndicated uh, War of the Worlds TV show from uh, the early yeah,
1: 90s? yeah, 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 where where they had the little suckers that came up across the planet and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's the start that's of totally every episode. Like yeah, I totally can see that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it was that and Gigatron from uh, Car Robots. Nice. You know, he had the he had the devil hand as yeah, one yeah. of his modes. <laughs> and and also, it's always funny, they never made like the hand that could like they didn't did make the hand so it could like attach to like uh 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 who was the, what was the fortress map? Brave Maximus? Was that yeah, the re- yeah. fortress? They should have had the hand like fit into his hand or something. So you take him over that way, but that 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 might have been asking a bit much. But anyway, uh so this scene, in addition to we see Belial's new duds and all that, we get introduced to the first of uh, several heroes that we're gonna get to meet in this in this film, and that's Mirror Knight. And Mirror Knight is a play on the old Subaria show uh Mirror Man, which was one of their uh, Kyodai hero shows from the seventies
1: that was not Ultraman. So what do you think about Mirror Knight? I think Mirror Knight's pretty cool. I think I think I've explained this before, but I have what's known as Team building disease, and this is the first <laughs> part of a grand grand team that's about to be assembled and everything. Yeah. And then team building the other... disease is a very real and dangerous affliction. Yeah, that yes, it's a dangerous thing. If you're <laughs> if you're afflicted by team building disease, please consult your physician. Um, so the the mirror knight, like, I, I, see, I didn't I didn't know this until you told me about it. So because you 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 schooled me on how there were you know the the previous like Showa era, you know ultra characters that were you know related and then kind of going back to your point about how you know where whereas like Common Rider and Super Sentai have a robust fan sub community like I eventually was able to track down there were some fan sub groups that were doing like Mirror Man and Fire Man and things like that so I was like oh okay you know and, and maybe speaking to your point of trying to get you know these Malaysian type DVDs like something that I never got but will Kind of tie in later is, uh, what, Jumborg Ace, right? Jumborg like, Ace, I've yeah. never seen that, you know? So it's like, so there are those series, right? And so you're like, oh, okay, that's cool that, that they have those characters and everything. I mean, I really like the whole, like, theme of it. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I guess, you know, we briefly see it and, and we'll come back to it in detail later in the movie, but like, I, I like the old school kind of approach. Like, I kind of call it the old school George Lucas approach. Approach of like planets because i was like oh it's cool it's like it's a mirror planet like like pretty much like you know give or take like it's you know the entire planet is based on this mirror technology so it's like right. it, it kind of gives you an easy thing to wrap your head around even though it's mm-hmm. this galactic level scale you know it's kind of like oh hoth's the ice planet you know tatooine's the desert planet you know uh, endor moon is like the redwood california forest planet but you know like that so it's like okay okay i get it like that's that's you know what it is and in this case you know mirror night is the defense of this planet where you've got all this kind of cool technology where it all seems to be based on you know mirrors so people can have you know sort of trickery and images can be manipulated and they also have like all these defenses and shields and everything and it's it's cool because the the thing plate he has kind of represents his symbol in a way and and, and then he kind of projects that symbol so it, it, it's really easy to pick up on who he is and what his powers are and every mm-hmm. and you know you're kind of on his side because he's defending this princess at the outset and kind of in some way sacrificing himself you know so that she can sort of go into hiding and everything right
0: the thing uh, I like about uh, Mirror Knight, and I'll come back to this with the other the other heroes as well, is that he's not just an Ultraman with a different suit.
2: He, mm, he really yeah, does. Yeah. Ha-
0: he has his own fighting style. He has his own look. I like that he's a bit slimmer than all the other heroes. He, he's almost like um, a little bit like kind of how Ultraman Leo is always strikes me as being a little bit slimmer just because of his fighting style with the martial arts. Versus yeah. more the, the grappling and, and that kind of stuff. So, M- Mirror Knight is he. Uh, if, if you subscribe to TV tropes, five man band uh, thing, he's like the Lancer. He's like the really skilled smaller guy, right? You know. <laughs> so I, I like that again. That you talk about a team building disease. You know, in the team you can't have four guys who are all the same. Right? Who are Everybody's of the same have, type, right? Yeah. Yeah, they got to have different builds and different looks, and so he kind of has that. The, the, you know, the smaller, the cruiserweight almost, the smaller, more agile guy look. And and, and his look is very, it's very simple, but I like it. It, It's very clean at the same time. It's not super busy or anything. It's just a very, you could see him as like this noble guardian character.
1: Yeah, and and, and the, the, the hard lines he has distinguish him from some of the smoother lines that maybe an ultra character would have on their head, and it also right. evokes the the knight imagery, like that he's, you know, that, that like th- this is a royal almost fantasy type of planet, you know, that mm-hmm. he's a knight defending a princess, and then you've got like a color scheme that is completely counter to any ultra hero as well. So you've got, you know, he's got like the greens and the yellows among this kind of silver kind of mm-hmm. base, you know, color right. or whatever. So yeah, yeah, that speaks to what you're saying as well. Like he does yeah. he 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 does stand out from any you know ultra character that we've seen to date. Yeah.
0: So um after we get introduced to Mirror Knight and he uh seems to cover the princess's escape, we jump to uh the land of the light. And one of Belial's robotic carriers, which is a big uh humanoid carrier carrying three of the Dark Lops attacks the Land of the Light. And after it makes uh, some initial uh, headway through some of the Ultras, uh, Ultraman Zero shows up and engages a sitting and cuts the arms off of it with his uh, Zero Cutters. And then the Darklops come out, and who should come out to join Ultraman Zero but his dad, the legendary Ultra Hero, Ultra Seven. And yeah, the two of them just go to town and go all badass and wipe out these three Darklops. And uh, this is... That my, my main note here is just from this fight, Seven and Zero's relationship, what you learn about yeah. it from the events of the last film is that, you know, Zero was, you know, he, he was put into exile and he had to be trained and all that, and, you know, you got the feeling that Zero did, thought that his dad was disappointed in him and that he was a failure, and then at, at the end of that film, they, you know, z- they really reconciled and Seven showed how much he cared for his son. Well, now you can see that they're, they become more comfortable with each other, and Zero... Is okay with how his dad feels about him, and Seven is very proud of his son to the point that they're fighting literally back to back at one point, just yeah. chopping through Darklops, and that that's just, and they they hook the the uh, the Eye Slugger and the Zero Sluggers together in like the triple blade. It's like, well, geez, that's just cool right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean the 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 other thing that that's cool is the Ultraman Zero's introduction. He gets his own introduction before they they drop the ultra 7 on you mm-hmm. you know and and then then it's a cool comparison because you know you've basically got all these nfg you know ultra babes or whatever they are these these ultra men in, in training and they're not quite standing up the best they can to these robot carriers and everything but of course when ultraman 0 is introduced he's like super badass he takes down one of those carriers single handed and then and then you've got what you described where they they place all the the fins together and like my note on that is dude they have a totally cool head fin off where they're just like <laughs> you know like because it's like the dark cloths are trying to do their fins and then and then seven and and zero are doing their fins and it's like no nope, dude we're gonna combine our fins and our fins are gonna own your fins you know so that's a pretty <laughs> cool scene.
0: Yeah, well, that you know, the the Ice Slugger has always been like the you know the, the coolest thing that Seven had. And so of course Zero's got the 20 Sluggers. So it only makes yeah, sense. He,
1: he was he was super brutal with that that fin like when it was related to like monsters and everything like kaiju, you know? So like oh, yeah. th- this is a little more I guess maybe fun or tame cuz you know the dark klops are kind of, you know, essentially like, you know, I don't know, giant foot soldiers from TMNT or something like that, you know, where, where it's like, Oh, you know, the cartoons where they'll just kind of blow up or whatever. And you don't, you don't have to deal with any, you know, consequences to it, you know?
0: Right. They're, they're, not, they're It's not like in Ultra 7 where at one point he slashes a monster and gets sprayed with
1: gore. Right. Hey, <laughs> right. goof comes out of their neck and all yeah. that kind of stuff.
0: On a, and this is a kid's show, folks. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I did, I did really like this, this whole battle scene again, where we've got two scenes and two fights, essentially, or two action scenes anyway, you know, and, uh, but just seeing seven and zero going out there, going to town. And like you said, zero gets, he, he's, he, I'm trying to think of like a good, like anime comparison. Cause he's just, because he, he, he's, he's cocky, but he's not a jerk about it. Like he knows that he can handle it. And so he's enjoying himself. Yeah, but, it's, it's
1: interesting because yeah. I, I think initially when he was sort of in exile, you know, he, he kind of reminded me a bit of Vegeta. But mm-hmm. I guess you, I see your point to where at this point he's not, you know, he's not evil and or arrogant. So, you know, maybe it's like it's like this is, you know, pink shirt, bad man, Vegeta or mm-hmm. like a dad and kind of, you know, domesticated a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he's not he's cocky. But but like you said, he's he sort of reestablished that relationship with his dad. And, you know, he he, he kind of he still has the, that kind of, you know, attitude that he's always going to have. But it's not it's not so in your face that, you, you know, you, you're not turned off by it. It's right. It's it's kind of a it's it's almost like, a you know, I don't know, Kelvin Kirk kind of cocky. You know what I mean? Like where it's like you like it because, you know, he's going to do cool things. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's like a. You know, he's got that sense of arrogance, but it's it's an earned arrogance because he can most of the time he can back it up
0: right. with,
1: with you know his actions and everything. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and, and it, it's nice to see because you don't always get that with the ultra characters, a sense of growth, you know, that that this this zero clearly has grown from the events of the last film, you know, and he's uh, kind of found his found his place in, in the land of the light here, you know. Because then the the scene that follows right after that, all of the Ultra Brothers all get together, and they uh, they're deciding what to do because they've they find a piece of the Dark Darklops that is transmitting the energy back to a different dimension, as 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 you will do, and uh, so they're they're they determine that they're going to go and stop this because that that's what they do they they stop the bad guys right so so they're they're trying to determine the course of action and it's zero volunteers for do it and seven immediately endorses them. And says, "Oh, maybe this is his destiny to go on this fight, you know, and, and investigate what this is, and figure out, and solve, and save the universe." So there's there's no there's no question that he has redeemed himself after his you know when he tried to steal the the power of the lore, of the land of the light, take it for himself. That now he's and uh, he's not an ultra brother because he's not a senior enough ultra, but he is a valued member of the of the crew, and they trust him completely. In the point that they send him alone on this mission into another, into literally another universe.
1: Yeah, I think, I think kind of like, this is sort of how I feel about like transformers a lot, but Mm -hmm. it it applies to the Ultraman characters here. Like I enjoy seeing characters like that in their quote unquote, natural environment. Like I love, I love being in the M- 78 nebula like i love them being in the land of light like i like seeing the sort of you know light green you know castles and 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 architecture and all that stuff so like this whole kind of backdrop is always kind of cool to me and everything and then and then to what you're saying like it is cool that like he you know like you know this is his movie you know like he's he's clearly the main character and it's going to be about him and and you know that the other ultra characters are basically entrusting him with this, you know, job, essentially.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I do. And I, this is the
0: same kind of the similar stuff from the last film. But I do like the design of the land of the light. Like you say, it's very it's very alien, but you can it, it makes sense, you know, and we do get to see a lot of different environments, uh, mostly in, in, in space in this film. So it, it, it's visually very interesting, and I'll, I'll point some of that out as, as we go along. But, um, yeah, so, so Zero gets uh, – they give him a bunch of uh, – uh, Seven gives him an item, which becomes the Zero bracelet. And it's a backup power source that has three uses, and I can't imagine why it only has three uses <laughs> for our three-act film that we're about to, <laughs> to unfold before us. But that, that's what he gets. And uh, and then uh, zero blasts off uh, into uh, through the dimensional barrier and into the multiverse and into the other universe by following the signal from the uh, the pieces of, this, of the uh, dark lock that they recovered. The art design of him flying through the uh, out of the universe or, or out of the galaxy and into the universe and then into the multiverse. I love it. I mean, it, it looks like it could be something from like a a video game or a music video but just with zero flying with the song playing in the background, it's just fantastic i really love that it's such a simple thing it's you know just him traveling but they really i i think the the art design team did a really good job in making that look unique and, and special and a little fascinating
1: yeah, because you, I mean, I, I guess we're you know crusty old jaded you know fans or whatever. Like and you're all like multiverse, multiverse, i <laughs> everything. But, but like, like it's it's good that it's good that they made it unique in its own way. I mean, I you know for me, I, I was gonna kind of crack a joke that it's like even though he's an adult, you know him him you know rocketing in that sort of orange sphere, you know, kind of reminded me of the whole you know baby Kal El rocketed from Krypton. Only he's yeah. now rocketing to. The multiverse, and then and then it's kind of like who would have thought the multiverse would be like you know bubble fun time or whatever it is <laughs> you know because it's like it, it looks like you know when they when they do those nets where they have like those huge you know bubbles and everything's like you know the rainbow the light hits it just right and you see all these right. colors and the bubble and everything and instead of that it's almost like you see universes within this giant net bubble and everything so then and he sort of got a it, it, it's weird it's like he's got a little what do they call it, like when you leave yourself a trail, you know, or whatever, you know, yeah. you, you leave yourself a trail of breadcrumbs, he's got this kind of weird, you know, energy trail of breadcrumbs that's pointing him back to his bubble, you know, this is this is my universe, but now I have to find the other bubble that leads me to the universe I'm supposed to go help.
0: Yeah. Maybe that was the man behind uh, Belial was Mr. Bubble the whole
1: time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Mister Bubble,
0: Mister Bubble. I mean, he's all pink and friendly looking, but you never know, you know. You never
1: know. He could, he could be. He could be totally evil. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so from there we shift to the planet Anu, where uh, Doyle's uh, army of Legionoids is attacking because they are looking for emerald deposits, and this planet is rich in them. And we run into two brothers. Now and Run, now the younger brother, Run the older brother, who are, uh, they are the, uh, the Anu Garrison, I think is what they call themselves, and they have w- one ship that they use to attack a legionoid, and it doesn't go so well for them, and uh, they end up in, in a lot of trouble, and a call, a desperate plea, goes out across the multiverse and reaches Ultraman Zero, who uh, always, um, you know, as a, as a good Ultra Hero, wants to help those smaller than him. Uh, shows up and fights the legionoid and then merges with the mortally wounded run. So Zero taking on a human alter ego. Uh, very, a big step for a guy who had said, we, as you said, we when we met him in the last film, the entire film took place in kind of the Ultra's home areas. So there wasn't, there was some humans, but, you know, Zero never took on a human alter ego because he was never... You know, like um, like Ultra Seven, who you know, masqueraded as a human on Earth, or Ultra Man, who merged with Hayata. So Zero gets a, a human aspect and gets to live as a human for a little bit in this film. What do you think about this development? Because I'll, be, I'll be honest, I uh, I I always thought that that was something that was very unique about Zero in his first appearance was that he never had that human connection, and so we, we see his that he does care for the the smaller lives through his actions when they're on the training planet and stuff like that. But here it's giving him a new perspective on, uh, on humanity because it seems that the humans and the ultras are always instinct and somehow linked in, in, throughout the universe that they always seem to run into each other. So what did you think about this development?
1: I mean, I, I think it was an attempt to return that aspect of the ultra franchise to a more classical, trend you know like that that they they were like oh well in this first movie we you know we we went you know pretty much balls out you know it was like it was just ultraman all the time you know throughout pretty much the whole movie except for your you know your cameo appearances by some of the more classic you know main characters in the ultra franchise Mm -hmm. but i think this was an attempt to kind of Get Zero into that more classic feel of, oh, hey, we, we bust out the glasses, we have them transform, like, you know, he, he gets to be, you know, human. I, I thought it was interesting that in this case, the, the thing that is sort of a twist on it or is a little different than the normal kind of Ultraman shows is when they usually merge with a human being it's usually done, and in this case, it was kind of the same thing, you know, it's usually done as kind of like a mutual benefit. Like, they can survive on the planet longer without their color timer going off, and the human, in some sense, was either, you know, I don't know, he they were either killed or they were gravely injured, and then basically merging with the Ultraman is going to help them both. It's like a, you right. know, mutual symbiosis type thing. And then, in, in this case, what was interesting was the brother run like i mean essentially like after this happens that brother is not i mean for the most part he's not in the rest of the movie until the very end i mean he he is he is basically you know you know he's knocked the fuck out like he's he's not in you know like so it's not like a mutual thing where there are other series where you know characters will have their own personality and, and the ultra character will have their personality and they they may kind of have a hybrid personality or mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, like I, I was trying to catch up on, you know, Jeed before I came on the show and everything, and I, I did manage to do that. And in that case it's very comical. You know, you've got you've got kind of personality shifts where you've got a, you know, a salary man who's kind of nebbish and everything. And then when he takes off his spectacles, kind of, you know, he's a goofy kind of Clark Kent esque Kind of character. But then when he takes off his spectacles and and zero takes over, then he's this cocky, cool, you know, badass fighter all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you, you don't really have any of that. They don't have time to do anything kind of wacky like that. It's just simply, you know, he, he sort of has to explain to the little brother, like, your brother's going to be fine but I'm driving right now, you know, like, and that's, that's kind of what it's going to be like for the course of this movie. So like in in that sense, I guess you don't really abandon your lead character. And and I appreciate what you're saying, because I adored the fact that the the previous movie was pretty much all about the Ultraman. But in this case, I guess if you're going to interact with like the princess and you're going to interact with, all these different characters in some cases you're, you're going to have to interact on a more, you know, quote unquote, even though it's an alien universe, it, you know, the, these characters are essentially, you know, bipedal humans, right? Like, right. so you, you're going to have to interact on a more human level with, with the characters. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, I, and and, part of me, I, I, I said, I, I think part of this is also to continue, you know, the, the growth of zero. It's like, okay, zero had, his big damn hero moment and saved the land of the light and defeated Belly and all of that. And it's like okay, well, you know, it's this all the other Ultra Brothers have had experience with humans and and being very intimately connected with a human. Again, whether it was being merged with one or uh, basically living as one, like like Seven did or or what have you. I mean, to the point that Seven even as, you know as Dan Moriboshi had had romantic relationship you know with a human. Right. So, you know, so it's, it's, it's almost as if, okay, well now you want to, it's like, okay, zero, you've proven yourself, you're, you're, you're brave, you're loyal, you're strong. That this is, this is part of being an ultra hero is that you have to, you know, that this experience. So it's almost like, okay, well now you're going to get your experience with this. And we see this again in saga that, that he has to work with you know, there's, there's humans involved with that yeah. story as well. Very, very intimately. So, so I, I thought this w- was a neat touch. And also from a, like I say, from a storytelling standpoint, it's easier for him to be a human when he, when we're going from scene to scene, than him, you know, uh, hanging out, hanging around outside, everyone else inside or whatever. So.
1: I mean, <laughs> I mean the only other, the only other option to preserve what you were saying would have been, you know, like how in, in, Ultra 7 sometimes he would, Ultra 7 himself would be sort of human sized and not giant sized. Like, I guess, I guess you could have approached it that way, but I I think there would still be issues they, they may have felt the need to deal with, with, you know, expressions and, and kind of, you know, emotional communications, you know, via, you know, physical cues and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I I was going to throw in that I, I, I was, I was like, okay, I know I've seen film before so obviously the actor who plays Run should look familiar to me but I kept thinking that the actor's name is Yu Koyanagi and I was like wait a minute I feel like I just saw him in something else like why why does he look familiar that I've seen him in something else so I looked it up and he plays the live action version of Chado in the uh, Bleach film that I watched on Netflix not too long ago. So I was like sitting there going, oh, interesting. And I was like, I guess they just cast him for his, his hair, you know, his brown gorgeous (laughs) locks or whatever. He's like, yeah, you look Chad enough. Like you can be Chad. Like it's cool.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, not, not every character has the, the deep emotional resonance of Chad from Bleach. Right. Right. You know? (laughs) (laughs) So with zero now in the body of, uh, of run him and now, um, they, uh, well now reveals to him that they, uh, that, that the legionoids are after Emerald and that there is, um, and when they're hiding from the legionoids, they come across a huge Emerald deposit, deposit, excuse me. And now is telling run about the, the shield of Baraj or Barad, depending on your, uh, on your, on your translation. And this, this, when I first saw this has really made me perk up because the blue stone of Baraj is an episode from the original Ultraman series that introduced the idea of there being more than more than just Ultraman. It was the idea that there was an ancient Ultraman that visited Earth, and that was who becomes known as Ultraman Noah. And so they, they revisit this classic element from the original series here with the idea of the shield of Barrage, uh, as, as as instead of the, the blue stone of Barrage, but this idea of Noah. Being this ancient Ultraman, so I thought that was neat as a callback to the original series. You know, just a very kind of esoteric one, uh, just a single episode reference here. Not you know n- nothing any greater than that. This one episode that has you know gone on to be more important than it was at the time, and gets brought up here again with the re- with the shield of Barrage, and later, of course, we do see Ultraman Noah, or at least a statue of Ultraman Noah, uh, later on in the film as well.
1: Yeah, I think. I think that kind of stuff, like that, that's that kind of like deep dive stuff. Like when you, when you really get into something, whether it's like, you you know, it's like when you kind of get into Godzilla and you're like, Oh, you're breaking it down to like, you know, Showa and Heisei and millennium films and how they all tie together and what inspired what, or if you're, if you're watching like an episode of, you know, deep space nine and they, you know, they make a reference to the Gorn planet and you're just like, Oh, awesome. You know, or they make a reference to Fizbin and you're like, Yeah, like, like it's like it, that. That's kind of like the deep kind of cut that, that you make with this. And then the, the, the great thing is it, it's not just that it ties to the original series, but you know, it ties to like other series later on you know that it ties to you know the for me it's important to me because i i think my 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 sort of reintroduction to ultraman where i i got really deep into it other than just kind of uh you know a a kid's fascination with it was with you know nexus and the next and everything and and noah ties heavily into that so it's like i guess to me it has uh you know an extra special kind of nostalgic place in my heart as far as that goes. So it's like those those kind of introductions where you're like, oh, cool. It's, you know, like, you know, obviously that it'll play a role later on. But, you know, it's like you're just sitting there kind of going, oh, cool. You know, it's, it's Noah, you know, so.
0: Yeah, right. So while um, Zero and now are investigating the Emerald, uh, they are seemingly discovered by a legionoid only to fall through a hole in the floor and suddenly find themselves inside a ship. And inside the ship is the Princess of Esmeralda, who is Princess Emerana. And uh, the ship is also sentient and initially tries to delete their uh, their memories in order to protect the princess. But she uh, she relents, and she can't go through with it. And she tells her story, and so they all agree to work together to defeat Kaiser Belial. And we learn that the ship is called Genebird, the Star Corvette Genebird, and um is, is a little a little snarky. Not not super snarky, but a little bit, you know, a little kind of know it all ish for uh as well, most you know, AIs tend that, to be.
1: With a cool ass name like Star Corvette Gene Bird, I think I think that entails that uh yeah. he's gonna, gonna be a little snarky, <laughs> right? Yeah. And
0: uh and and I do I do like again, uh spoilers, uh Gene Bird becomes Gene Bot later on in in the film. Um but they they show the shots some and Maybe, again, and you may have had a similar reaction, but when you've been watching Tokusatsu and Transformers, as long as I have, you look at it, that's going to turn into a robot,
1: you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of like, you know, I, I, I have the ultra act of of Gene Bot and Gene 9, you know, like team building disease, it's a horrible thing. So I, I have those, but that that those don't actually transform. So I was like I was like looking around before I got on with you tonight. I was like, I wonder if there's any like thing out there that does transform. And I saw they have like ultra change figures of of Gene Bot that actually turn into the, the plane and everything. So I was like, oh yeah. that's pretty cool. You know? And I like I like how, how he basically Gene Bird at this point gives the princess like her MC introduction where it's like her lengthy it's not just like, yeah. oh, this is Emerana and she She's the princess? No, 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 no. This is her highness, her royal highness, Princess Emerana Luludo Esmeralda! You know, it's like, it's like, he gives her the royal introduction, like, they're gonna roll out the fucking red carpet in the middle of the ship, and she's gonna, you know, walk down it, and, you know, they're gonna have to bow, and all that kind of stuff, so. Yeah. Oh, it's good stuff.
0: And, uh, so they, they, uh, in order to form the Shield of Barrage, they need to locate where they can find it. And the only people who know the relation of the shield of barrage are the pirates of the flame. And so the team sets out to find this crew of space buccaneers. And, um, they, uh, they, they have a, a great ship, which is called the avant garde, And I love their spaceship. And, uh, before, and so they, they find the avant garde and the, the pirates of flames and they meet their bodyguard, one, Mr. Glenn fire. And Glenfire, Glenfire, fire Glenufaya! and as I said, the uh, you know that um, uh, that uh, Mirror Knight was kind of the you know the lancer, the uh, you know the the smaller guy who's really agile and really quick and all that and really skilled. Glenfire is, as his name would imply, the hot-headed, boastful guy. And I, Glenfire, is awesome for that reason.
1: <laughs> he, he is, and like even it's funny, like he was he was raised by pirates who. For some reason, even though even though this predates them, I was like when I was watching it this time, I, I kind of had the flavor a little bit of like the Marvel Cinematic like Guardians of the Galaxy with these yes. guys, you know the yes. you know the, just sort of before you know before its time obviously you know but but it, it, it did feel that way where you you have Glenfire there and then the other thing I thought of is if if Ultraman Zero is kind of cocky and arrogant like Vegeta, like the the way he's raised by these pirates like and kind of talks like a pirate, like, he, he kind of has that, I, I mean, I don't know, I'm sure somebody more knowledge than myself could could point to, like, oh, this is an accent from you know, the such and such prefecture and everybody kind of talks like this because they're you know, they're on a farm or whatever but you 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 can tell he, he's got kind of that more colloquial kind of, you know, slang or or, or speak where he's, he, he kind of just it kind of reminds me of Goku, you know? It reminds me of how Goku's kind of like this country bumpkin that kind of hangs out in the middle of nowhere and is like, oh, what's going on, Vegeta? You know, like, and and he's just kind of like, you know, this kind of goofball, essentially. And, and like, you know, I think Glenfire is kind of similar to that where he's he's like hot-headed, he's he's ready to fight, but also he, he kind of has that kind of country bumpkin pirate speak going on where they're talking about mates and R and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, you know?
0: I like that he call, he calls Gene Bird grilled meat. And,
1: <laughs> and refers
0: to him as such for the remainder of the film, which, <laughs> again, that, that kind of sits with what you were saying, that kind of, there, there's something, there, there's some reference there, there's some meaning to that. It's just funny because then Gene Bata- or Gene Bird takes offense to it.
1: It's like I'm not well, grilled meat. <laughs> he, he wants to. He's a bird. He wants to eat him. He's Goku. Yeah. He's like he's like oh your food right like you you taste good. Can I cook you like that's that's what he does with birds obviously. Yeah. So it's like I'm sure all the space birds he's encountered he's cooked them as grilled meat. So he thinks. <laughs> Gene Bird's just some other bird for him to eat or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, no, you country bumpkin. It's a spaceship. You know, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh, boy. So uh, as
0: as almost like a Marvel comic, we have to fight before we can uh, come to an understanding. standing. So <laughs> Run puts on the Zero-Eye, turns into uh, Henshin's into Ultraman Zero, and the two fight on an, in an asteroid belt. There's some really interesting things with the camera here, where at one point Zero like uppercuts Glenfire, almost, almost, uh, almost Rukens him a little bit, and he goes flying up and crashes into an asteroid. And then the camera turns 90 degrees to orient them back so their feet are on the bottom of the frame. You know, when they, as they continue fighting, I thought that was a nice touch for you know some someone's uh, thinking two dimensionally, like in Star Trek 2.
1: I like I like the way I I, I know this is going to be a weird statement, but like you know how like in Super Friends the car firestorm his his the flame on his head kind of looked like I don't know like a head of hair or something the way it was animated or whatever like yeah. it kind of cracks me up that like Glen Fire like he he's got kind of some plastic flames and then and then when he gets really kind of it up, then. Then you see the CG kind of like the real flames kind of pop out of his head every once in a while, and yeah. I, I that's kind of what that reminded me of, where he has like that kind of pre-sculpted fire on his head right. for for most of the time, but then that kind of back on you know, the effects that they have to use and everything. And then I was thinking, like, as a a wrestling aficionado, you must have appreciated the scene where, they, you know, he basically gives him the pile driver and tells him to go look for buried treasure. Like, when when Glenfire does that on on Zero, and then Zero returns the favor with, like, some kind of super-duper, I don't know what that (laughs) is, but it's some kind of super-awesome, like, pile driver or whatever he gives back to him, you know?
0: It it all it made me think of like Zongief and the the various oh he, right right time, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah
1: he does he does that move on him totally
0: totally oh yeah yeah it, it, it's
1: I, I like their fight
0: and you're talking about Glenn Fire's like sculpted head he and you're talking about like um like Firestorm Superfriends Firestorm looking kind of like hair Glenn Fire will run his hands over his head
1: like he's flicking mm. his hair out of his face mm. and the flames yeah. will
2: shoot
0: up.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like it's like he's a, it's like he's in Greece or something, you know. Yeah. He's a greaser. He's got his little comb, but he's, uh, he's he's like combing his flames or whatever.
0: And and we did allude to this earlier, but uh, uh, Glenn Fire is a reference to another uh, Subaraya uh, Kyodai Hero, which is Fireman. Which uh, the uh, the most interesting, the most thing I've, I've not seen really any Fireman other than there's an episode of uh, Ultraman New Retsuden where they show clips of Fireman with Ultraman, hosted by Ultraman Zero and Glenn Fire, because I'll, evidently I'll, in character Glenn Fire did not realize he was based on Fireman and at first was offended, but then saw how cool Fireman was and then was cool
1: with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, own, I'm not based on anyone. I'm, I'm my own man. You know. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll send you some stuff. I don't. I don't think there have been too many episodes fan sub, but I, I think I've seen like maybe four episodes mm. of fireman and i i kind of remember being disappointed that like fireman didn't have his head on fire right at first you know because <laughs> i was like oh wait you're based on glenfire but i'm like where's your where's your fire bro like where'd it go yeah. um but but yeah it's 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 an older kind of showa era you know, peace and everything, but I, I can't remember the group or whatever, but I'll, I'll, I'll send you the group or whatever. But, oh. Cause I, 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 like I said, m- 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 like we were saying, I mean, most of these, I mean, who knows, maybe I'll look now and there'll be, you know, seven episodes fans yeah. or something, or maybe there won't be any more episodes fans of, but the, the last time I checked, there was like maybe four or five episodes or something yeah. like that. So,
0: right. So, so this, uh, I said it now they fought each other and pile driven each other and they're starting to come to an understanding. Uh, Out of uh, hyperspace, uh, they are attacked by one of Kaiser Belial's squadrons. And this is led by one of his generals, Darkgon. And this is a whole group of legionoids. And so the two heroes join forces, got to fight, then join forces, to battle the squad of legionoids until um, finally Glenfire realizes this is a potentially hopeless effort. So he gives uh, Zero the next clue to where they need to go and then uses his FIRE power, just like Ultraman Taro, and uh, ignites the nitromethane gas in the nebula that they're in to seemingly destroy all of the legionoids along with himself uh, in a massive conflagration. So uh, this fight is very, very video game-like to me, with Mm -hmm. the heroes just wading through you know, uh, you know, wave after wave of robotic enemies using their, their horrendous powers against, uh, you know, foes that aren't human so you
1: don't feel bad when they're chopped into bits. It's funny that you talk about it being like a video game because, to me, I was like, oh, that javelin toss is pretty badass, but it kind of reminds me of, like, you know, a 32-hit combo on a fighting game where it's right. like... He, he takes the javelin, and he stabs, like, eight or nine guys, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, and 20 more guys! And then it yeah. comes back to him. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, damn, like, that, that was pretty good. And then I think, like, the uh, the sequence where, uh, to me, I was like, dude, Glenfire went all like Johnny Storm Nova, Nova Flame on the fleet there, you know? <laughs> he was just like, I'm going Nova Flame! And then, like, pretty much incinerates them all. And then, I guess... And just going back one step, like, you know how you compared their initial fight between Glenfire and Zero to, like, a Marvel comics kind of, we, hey, we have a misunderstanding, and now we're going to team up. Like, I, I also kind of thought of it as that, you know, Dragon Ball notion of, like, you know, Goku and Vegeta fighting, but then eventually, like, Goku tends to make friends of all his enemies. It's like Piccolo's right. his friend, you know, Yamcha's his friend, Hans his friend, but they all started as, like, at least rivals, if not outright yeah. enemies. And it's like, in this sense, it's like, okay, yeah, Glenfire started out as a rival slash enemy, you know, but then now he's been incorporated into kind of the, the family, so to speak. It's like, but now he's going to actually, you know, help them out and everything in the span of a couple minutes. And then I guess uh, to me, also talking about the Dragon Ball thing, like Dark Gone, like, you know, I was like, he, he kind of has that whole. Like Frieza, like, oh, like, you know, like, where, 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 and, and it almost like that same Frieza laugh where it's like,
2: oh,
1: or whatever that he does. And like that, I think is interesting because you've got these, I don't know, it's weird. It's like sometimes I see those designs and I kind of get lost in them where it's like they don't mean too much to me at the time. But I think in this case, like, it, it gives, I, I guess they're setting up a cast of characters where, Ultraman Zero has this family of, you know, allies and and backup that he can call upon. And so they're kind of also giving Belial sort of the counterpoints to those characters so that they all have challenges and, and, you know obstacles to overcome throughout the course of the film. And in that respect, like dark Gone is pretty good for that. Cause it's like, yeah. he comes on the scene, he's leading this big, bad fleet. Like they've caught up to him. I mean, he's not, you know, he, he's general veers. He's not Darth Vader, but, but he serves his purpose.
0: Yeah. And the interesting thing that I didn't realize uh, until doing the research for, uh, for this, uh, for this recording is that dark Gone is a reference to, one of the bad guys from Ace, who is is Antigone, oh, okay. and so okay. Antigone uh, Ace had like the the you know a common tokusatsu trope with the four generals that are They're the not... bad guys kind of things, and Antigone I'm like, I'm like, was
1: one of them. I'm like spoilers. That so that's why that's why Jean Bot fights Darkone, right? Right. Like that exactly makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay.
0: Yeah, so that, that was I thought that, that so I thought that was that was interesting. Again, I didn't I didn't even realize that. But again, um Antagone's got a sword just like Dark Gone's got like a sword arm and stuff and okay. Uh, yeah. He kind of reminds me a little bit because of the way his face is. Do you remember Decimator from uh, VR Troopers who oh, was
1: uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He,
0: he was like the swordsman. He was like uh, Grimlord's like right-hand man swordsman dude that just had like the robot head kind of thing. And he, he was he's pretty cool in Metalder, but I you know he never really got he didn't get as he didn't get as much chance to do cool stuff in VR Troopers, I guess. But just having the sword and stuff makes he make of of um, uh, go in that in that direction, I guess. Uh, also, Glenfire has one of my favorite lines from the film in this scene when Zero's color timer goes off. He goes, "Are you okay? You're beeping." <laughs>
1: what did, what does he say to him he's like did your alarm clock go off yeah or something like that. Like he doesn't he doesn't understand it's like it's a it's a sign of like danger like you know warrior's food is limited or whatever you know yeah. like like he's just like dude what what's up your fitbit is is going crazy like what's what's going on bro like what your apple watch is freaking out like what what's up man knew enough steps like what, what's going on
0: yeah <laughs> So, uh, before he had sacrificed himself, of course, Glenfire said that they could find the uh, the Shield of Barrage at the Planet of Mirrors. So, the heroes head off to the two-dimensional Planet of Mirrors, and they, um, they, they demand, and they are told that they will not be allowed into the Planet of Mirrors by the Council, I guess. We never really see who they're talking to here, and they say that their guardian, Mirror Knight, uh, has been corrupted and brainwashed by... Uh, Kaiser Bellial, as we saw at the beginning of the film, and now, in order to to keep him from keeping himself from doing the evil will of Belial he has basically exiled himself into a mirror and refuses to come out. And so, in you know, I, I guess kind of in in Goku form here, Zero's plan is, okay, I'll goad him into a fight, and that will break him up out of his funk, and then we can then we can get his help. So I
1: I don't know I, I might I might get you know. Banana peels and feces flung at me, but like, I, I kind of thought of like Batman v Superman for this. Like, that, like, because cause he, he's, he's like infected with this darkness, Mirror Knight, and Mirror Knight's like not typically that kind of dark character per se, you know, like at least that's the vibe you get. Like, he's kind of a noble knight, but it, and he's all kind of like sullen and depressed and everything. And, and then, and then when, when Zero shows up to, to fight him, it's like, oh, okay, this is, it's like, it's cool because you already have the fight between Glenfire and Zero where it's like, oh, they're both cocky dudes and they're just trying to like show off to each other, like, you know, frat bros and be like, dude, my, my bicep's bigger than your bicep, like, let's yeah. let's show off, let's fight, you know? And you couldn't do the same thing with Mirror Knight. And the reason why you get Mirror Knight to fight because he's infected with his darkness and he's He's like, oh, I'm angry, and I'm I'm not I'm not as you know noble as I was, and all this other stuff. And then you know you basically get Ultraman Zero to sort of hook him up and and free him from this darkness. And like I I mean I, you know it's probably a little more subtle in, in Batman v Superman. You know it's not like you know Superman hugs Batman and then like all this you know darkness like evaporates from his heart. <laughs> but like that that's kind of you know what I was you know noticing. It's like oh look there's there's somebody who who basically is is kind of returning someone to their former heroic glory sort of and and you know through essentially i mean you know it, it's debatable but you know through no fault of their own they they were infected with this darkness and 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 now he's he's basically like freed and they can you know they can use the shield of barrage and everything and that's you know it's like basically like at this point you're like dude level up because like a yeah. lot of this does <laughs> does feel like a video game you know so yeah
0: if it's interesting, you talk about um, Mirror Knight being sullen. The the pose of him sitting on the rock with his knees pulled up to his chest. I I remember that when the ultra act for Mirror Knight was first released, that was one of the one of the poses that they showed mm. on the promotional photos. Was that, so? That is a. I don't know if that's just a you know iconic image of Mirror Knight if for, you know, for a character that's only appeared a handful of times, if you can have an iconic image, I don't know. But I just thought it was hilarious that that was a pose that they showed off That Look, you can have him be Sullen. You know? I wonder,
1: I wonder if there's like, it's something equivalent to like, like, you know, the thinker or something like some famous sculpture where it's like, yeah. you know, Sullen Mirror Knight sculpture or something, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> some, some, more famous than Mirror Knight, but you know yeah. what I mean? Right.
0: But, uh, you know, so so they uh, they 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 tangle and and they said he he hugs them out and they they purge all the darkness and mirror Knight's like I'm okay now and uh, tells them uh, um, where to go. I I do like in in this scene they they talk about how um, that they are not allowed in the the heroes are not allowed in because they are three dimensional and all the people in the planet on the mirror planet of mirrors are two dimensional beings. That's so strange. And then later, when we see them, kind of at the in the finale, when we first see them, they are in fact like two dimensional because they're like a painting
1: almost. When
0: yeah, the, the like I,
1: I I remember when I first saw this, I was like, "Is that a typo? Like, is that what they really mean?" And I'm like, "Oh, that that is what they mean." You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they are finally allowed passage into uh, the planet of mirrors, and they find the statue of Ultraman Noah. And this is the, uh, that had this uh, statue has the little cutout in it for uh, now's little amulet to fit in there. That's supposed to, uh, they, they believe when they put it in there is going to activate the shield of barrage and they'll be able to go and stop uh, Kaiser Belial. And so he puts the amulet in and the statue crumbles to dust. And you get the feeling that, It had to because there's still like 30 minutes left in the movie. So it probably, that probably (laughs) wasn't going to be the easy solution that they were hoping for. (laughs) Mm.
1: Uh, Well, it's also, it's also in there. So you get your fanboy jollies, right? Like the, like we were saying earlier, you kind of, you, you, you picked up on it before they even got to this point. But I think, I think for the people that didn't pick up on the symbol and, and the, the shield of barrage giving you the clue, like, if people are casual viewers like this hopefully should you know more than clue them in to to what that all means so right. it's like it's kind of like laying the groundwork for for the third act essentially right so with the statue of noah crumbled
0: uh excuse me another challenge shows up and this is the other general of belial and his iron and uh, iron shows up with another fleet and a fight breaks out once again and they um uh, and and they uh, you know so so once again they 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 fight this the ships and and all that and mirror Knight ends up uh, being defeated and um run is uh, zero gets separated from now in Amarana and he before he can he can transform him into zero and he gets knocked unconscious and is captured and so now the final act has begun. The heroes are not in a good place. Um, what 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 do you think of of Iron and and the the second fight here?
1: Um, I mean, I thought it was a cool fight. Like, I enjoyed it. I again, like, I I feel sort of uh, remiss, you know, because it's like I think I think with Iron and Dargone, like, I just I kind of see them, you know. It's like, okay, what's the difference between General Veers and Admiral Piet? Like, not. Too much, but that—that's kind of how I see these guys. They're—they're they're obstacles, but I—I mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm. I guess it's the difference between like I'm, I'm trying to think of. Um, see, see now I can't even remember the character's name because I'm not thinking about it. But there's this. Here I'll look it up real quick. But um, let's see. I'm like, if I can find this guy's name, um. It's like, what is that dude's name? I found a girl. I can't find the guy. Oh, here it is. The, if you've ever seen Jetman, there's a character named Gray, and he's like this kind of like dark evil dude and he smokes like clove cigarettes but he's a robot and you're just like dude how can you forget that guy he's so badass like and he's right. super cool he's a bad villain like like there's no way you're going to forget him there's no way you're going to forget like Hakaida from from Kakaida like because he's this kind of anti-hero his brain's coming out of his knock. And then he's got lightning bolts on his chest and all, and, you know, my, I guess my point is like, I guess, you know, for me, like sometimes like the, the dark Gones and the, the, the irons of the world, like they, they, they're kind of like super sentai general suits or whatever like where they've got everything in the kitchen sink on them like there's a lot going on with those guys but they kind of seem clunky and lumbersome it's like Mm -hmm. i have a hard time keeping track of like villains it's like oh yeah this is the guy with the clock on his head and the, the watch on his head and there's the guy who looks like a giant pyramid or whatever and it's right. like okay like like okay i get they're bad and everything but it's like those don't have as much impact on me so like yeah. and it's not it's not a like harsh judgment or criticism it's just it, it's more of a you know it's more of a critique on me than it is on the film it's just like those those, those don't tend to stand out to me as much as some of the other characters like i guess what i'm saying is there, there's probably a reason why there's not an ultra active Dark Gone or an ultra active Iron, because that's probably not right. like the, the top tier thing that somebody's going to spend high end money on or whatever. Yeah,
0: right. And the thing with Iron is, again, just like Dark uh Iron is based on an uh, enemy from Mirror Man named Iron and looks very, very similar. He's got kind of the, the big shoulder pads and the big armored back and all that, and the face in the middle of his chest so he is very much a direct reference to that monster so much like Dargone it's it's more of a callback than anything else and uh, i do like him just i like i like really armored guys like that i don't, that just always is an amusing trope is like you know your attacks can't penetrate my armor until they you know find the one attack that can penetrate it
1: right 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 <laughs>
0: But spoilers kind of, sort of, kind of happens. But uh, so yeah, sort of,
1: yeah. sort of, kind of does. It's like what he, 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 you know. He's kind of like the whole, you know. It's like the rhino or the armadillo or like I mean, that's essentially his shtick, right? It's like, he's like, oh, this stuff tickles me. Like yeah. I, I can, I can take anything, and then it, you know, eventually it's like, well, you can't take this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after the fight, as I said, Zero as run has has been captured, and he is held in a little cell in uh, Belial's massive flagship, which is uh, the big hand that is still grabbing on to Esmeralda. Uh, Belial monologues at him for a bit, and he reveals that he is sending, using all of the emerald energy to send an army of thousands of dark blobs to invade the land of the light and to destroy them uh, to get revenge for his uh, past failures against the, the ultra heroes. So we see the first wave of the Darklops attack and all the Ultra Brothers go out into space and it's space beam battle because it's just you know cross beams from everybody in all directions and it's like F yes but you gotta think how long can this really go on since you know that's usually the end of the fight right and so uh uh, so you you get the feeling that uh, as powerful as they are he's got so many Darklops that the land of the light could be in a little bit of trouble here.
1: I'm like, they they got got more Ultra Axe figures to sell. (laughs) That's why we got to see all these guys in there. Right? Like, yeah. I, I was like, to me, this is like, you know, this is some of my terminology, but I'm like, dude, Belial's toe is majorly still stubbed over that scar that Old yeah. Man Zero gave him in the last movie. Like, yeah. he's he's super, he's super butthurt over it. He's kind of like, you gave me this, like, I, uh, and because you gave me this scar, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you up, I'm gonna beat your friends up, I'm gonna beat your family up, I'm gonna beat everybody up, <laughs> you know, I'm like, dude... Chill out, man. It's just a scar. Like it's like one of these extreme reactions, overreactions. It's like to, 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 to one to one, uh, one slight perceived slight. I'm like, you're trying to destroy the universe. I thought we killed you and not just gave you a scar. But whatever. Like, you know, I, I didn't I, I didn't think it was gonna be a problem. I thought you were gonna be dead. Like, but you're not. And now you're upset about the scar. And so like what you're the, saying the, is
0: that Belial is like a typical Twitter user, is what?
1: You're saying. Yes, yes, exactly. It's like <laughs> I, thought, I thought I destroyed you in that last flame war, but apparently you're still here. You know, you're still you're still arguing with me about some such. You know,
0: oh, <laughs> he does he do, he does really have a thing about the scar, which is is you know, again he got more Ultra X to sell. So, um, so uh, everything looks grim but he finds out that uh, now and the princess have survived along with the gene bird and also surviving was Mirror Knight, who manages to free run, who then uses his last of his Zero Bracelet energy to transform into Ultraman Zero, and then it's Zero versus Belial, with Belial doing the the cool guy in a cape thing of fighting with the cape for a little bit before he throws it off and, um you know as 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 powerful as as zero is it looks like uh, Belial
1: has been hitting the gym dude like i i was just going to say you're talking about marvel comics or does, does Mirror Knight, does he or does he not do the cannonball special to throw Abs- like Ram yeah. to get the specs back? Like that, that yeah, was pretty badass. Like, like <laughs> I, I love that. He's like, he totally does the cannonball special to like get the specs back. And then, like, the, the other thing too is like, I, I was trying to find a movie to equate it to because it felt like it felt a little bit like Aliens, but I couldn't think of exactly who in Aliens, but like, Dude, Zero goes all John Rambo on that hideout where he's like, Argh! yeah, you know, and he's like totally like blowing away everything. I was like, he's he's really into it at this point. I was like, dude, yeah. like, that that was kind of what that reminded me of.
0: You know, uh, you know, so- somewhere in another in any other universe, uh, Kylo Ren is watching that and like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> he's you like, want to show I him should... you're tough? You destroy some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: I, I should show him how to how to do a hissy fit sometime.
0: <laughs> that's what as you need, you just need uh, belly all destroying stuff and a couple of dark clops walking up and then going, nope, <laughs> turn around, walk away. But um, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I, you know, I, you know, not not to get on a Star Wars tangent, but that, how much better, you know, whether you liked, disliked Force Awakens, if they had just put the caption on the screen of the two stormtroopers going, nope. Before they turned around, that puts it in another category altogether. <laughs> but uh, no, no Stormtroopers here as uh, as Belial beats the, the living hell out of uh, out of zero. And we get into a beam crush situation. Again, kind of like a video game. Both both players hit their beam input at the same time. And then who's ever tapping A faster, you know, uh, overcomes. Belial,
1: Belial is tapping the shit out of his a button dude it's like it's like it's it, it's almost like he's got one of those like uh what are them the nintendo super pads like where he's like or flip, something. he's got a turbo stick and he just flips it on like you know constant yeah. a smash or something because it it it's not even like a contest or whatever
0: yeah absolutely and uh, and zero is up, up seemingly uh left um left laying left low um so while that's going on, we get the the two battles that we kind of alluded to earlier as Iron fights off with uh, Mirror Knight and Dark Gone faces off against uh, Jean Bird. And Jean Bird is running low on power. Jean Bird is uh, powered by the same emerald energy that powers everything in this movie. Um, and so with the with Jean Bird uh, running low on power, Princess Emerana says that, well, she has all the power inside herself. And so against Jean Bird's demands throws herself into the uh, into his engine, and this allows Genebird to transform into Genebot. And Genebot hooks up with Now, with Now running like the Sega Activator to control him. And uh, and they go and, and fight uh, Darkone, and they um, lay the smack down on Darkone with uh, with the axe, which is, that is brutal. Yeah, And he pulls out the Dude. Gene axe, and then it's just like, ka-chop! It's like, oh my damn! You
1: know? <laughs> i i alluded to this earlier but this is this is the proper time to go into it so the the young young boy who plays now is an actor named tatsuomi hanada or hamada who who it turns out is currently or i guess has played uh current Ultraman, Ultraman Jeed, right? Or, I guess, you know, Red Blue is current, but, you know, but one of the more Modern. recent Ultraman yeah. series, right? Modern. And, like, so I'm sitting there going, like, oh, wait a minute, because, like, I, it took me a minute, because, like, I was watching the the Jeed movie, right? And so this whole cast of characters we're assembling here makes an appearance in the Jeed movie, and and Bot stops for a minute, and it's kind of like you look familiar to me and he's like why don't you can you can you say gino fight you know and and then and then you know of course the actor is like oh okay i'll i'll say that and he's like gene fight and they're like nah that, i was just imagining it or whatever and it's like the gag is that it's the same actor grown up right like he's he's playing like a 19 year old kid in Ultraman jeed and, and, obviously, in this film, way back in 2010, he was, you know, what, like nine years old or something oh, like that? Man. So, of course, that's why I was like, dude, I feel so old! Cause like, <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: So, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing at you, but that is really funny about that. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, no that, that, that was an awesome... An awesome yeah. little nod, you know.
0: I mean, you see so. that a lot in the show era, where the same actors would would come back and and play different roles, like uh, like Captain Muramatsu, um, uh, or excuse me, yeah, Captain Muramatsu from Ultraman is um, is is like uh, the guy is what's his name, coach, his coach and his like partner on, on right, the original right. Kamen Rider, right?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So man, that's funny. <laughs> you say Gene fight. <laughs> And, but I, I tell you, I do like that that whole fight, because, you know, uh, Dark Gone is a very kind of active fighter, you know, and Jeanbot is, you know, he, he's tied with Now, and he's following Now's moves. And, you know, they, they start fighting with, like, the sword, and that doesn't seem to work, so they pull out the axe, and, like, just, like, Jesus, like, slam it right into him, like, uh, I, I was thinking, like, you ever see Fire and Ice, the Ralph oh, action yeah yeah. Movie? Like, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end, when Dark Wolf, like, drives his axe into Necron, like, over and over, mm-hmm. it's like, yow!
1: Just ouch. That's all that is. <laughs> you know what You know what I like about this? It's like... This is gonna sound weird, because I think to some people it may be a detriment or whatever, but I don't think of it that way. But it's like, a lot of when he's, he's Gene Bird, you know, there's a lot of kind of, you know, CG and things that make up the Starship and everything like that. But when he's Gene Bot... Like, there's a lot of sequences that, yeah, they're they're heavily reliant on computer-generated imagery, but it's, like, not everything is. Like, at some point, it's a dude in a bot suit, and there's right. something just about, like, seeing his, like, foot, you know, and you're like, dude, that's a real foot, bro. Or, like, seeing the shoulder, and you're like, that's a totally r- real, like, it's it's a thing. It's not just made up, and it's like, I kind of... I don't know what it is. I kind of love that. Like that, that I was like, dude, it's a real oh, shoulder. Yeah, it's a real shoulder. Is... you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm right on board with you. It's one of those things that, you know, that, that that's, if you, if you become a fan of any type of tokusatsu, I think the live action stuff at some point is, is, is part of that equation. I don't, you know, I I mean, I, I may be uh, something of an outlier nowadays and I got into tokusatsu by watching the original Godzilla. That was the first Tokusatsu I watched, and that informs everything after that. It's one of the reasons why of the big three Tokusatsu TV properties, Ultraman is always my favorite because Ultraman is most directly related, both uh, behind the camera and in front of the camera, to Godzilla. You know, and and so that the live action aspect, the suitmation, you know, real, uh, you know, men in suits, for lack of a better term, aspect of it is always hugely appealing to me. So I understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, I don't mind them using the CG to spice things up and stuff and uh yeah. to do yeah. mecca or whatnot. But end of the day, you know, you one of the reasons that I'm watching is to see uh, you know, the 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 live action stuff, to see the the suitmation and the model work and, and all of that. So I, I yeah, I agree because yeah, Gene Bird is I don't is I don't know if we see and maybe I just wasn't really looking for, but I don't remember any shots of Gene Bird that looked like a model. I think Gene Bird yeah, is CG the entire I think, time. I think
1: yeah, I think Gene Bird was CG the whole time. I mean, right. you, you know, for all I know there there is a model, but maybe it was just a CG model and not a, you know, not not a practic- like I don't think there was a practical model, but right. you know, that, that that's why I noticed in these sequences when he transforms, it's like, "Oh, there there are clearly some practical suits in use here." And that to me, you know, gave the scene some added life that you know, maybe if it was, you know, just pure computer generation, then then you might go back to that feeling of, you know, kind of the the video game notion or, you know, w- whatever people call, you know, CG to sort of, you know, chastise it or whatever, you know, kind right. of thing. It's, yeah. like, it's like you might you might have that that event horizon, that that feeling of lifelessness or whatever. But I, I don't think that's applicable in this scene. And it, it's cool because. You know, I mean, it is a hybrid. I mean, it's not like the background is, you know, practical. You know, they're they're in this kind of computer-generated set and everything. But it, it still is, to me, an engaging fight scene. And when he's, like, trying to look for Dark Gone and, and he kind of drops out of the battle for a second. And he's trying to, like, get his bearings and all that stuff. So, like, I, I think all that helped sell the, you know, emotional content of the mm-hmm. scene. As, yeah. uh, you know, along with just having some cool fight moments. I mean, I guess I guess the only thing is, as badass as the axe was, it's kind of like, there, there's that moment where Dark Gone sort of has him tied up, and you're like, oh, well, then he's like, well, what? you know, it's like, well, I don't feel like being, like, tied up anymore. I'm gonna bust out the axe, you know? And it's <laughs> just like, alright, well, you know, I guess, I guess he cut himself out with the axe, or whatever, but it it, it just kind of felt like, you know, it kind of went to like, alright, it's, you know, enough of this. I, yeah. you know, It's like, it's like, we, we we had we had fun with your little bondage game, uh, Darkone. I'm I'm not into that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know. And he just kind of gets up and axes him to death. You know, and he's like, I have had enough of you. You know, and that's it. You know? so. It's
0: like, hey, Darkone, you be you, okay? But I'm not into that. Thanks. Yeah, you know? yeah. We we we're still cool. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, on the on the other side, kind of the planet, uh, Mirror Knight is fighting Iron, and Iron is doing like like we said, he's doing the whole Rhino thing. That nothing can break through my armor, and uh, except that one thing where if he gets hit in the exact same spot twice. So so Mirror Knight uses the, the Silver Cross attack. Um, reminds me kind of of Common uh, Rider drives Common Rider you know Rider Kick where he would bounce mm. off the walls a bit. But obviously this, this predates that, this, uh, that move by a few years. But again, kind of tying into the idea of Mirror Knight being the you know, the, the smaller, really skilled guy. Because he's got to hit, you know, Gene, Genebot just, you know, savages Darkone Here, Mirror Knight's got to hit an exact spot on Iron in order to, to, to beat him. And so he's got that, you know, that, that, you know that, that Hawkeye type of accuracy where he can just ping the spot that he needs and get him. So I thought that, and then he can't believe it. You know, all armored guys can't believe it when their armor gets gets cracked, right? So yeah. <laughs> uh, so with uh, with with the the generals defeated, uh, that still doesn't help the fact that Zero seemingly is uh, is is not doing so hot, and um, so uh, so so Bellion has a whole, basically a mountain of all the emeralds he's harvested, and. He uses all the power and turns into his monster form, which is Archbilial. And much like he turned into the giant monster in the monster graveyard and the end of the last film here, once again, he has a second form, uh, which is more powerful. And he is, uh, he, he's, you know, he, he is attacking Zero and, uh, Genebot and Mirror Knight try to, you know, try to do the run in. They get put down. And who should show up? The cavalry come riding in like Han Solo but <laughs> boy, <Ploy>, Glenn Fire.
1: <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all great minds think alike, because yeah. my note is Glenn Fire pulls a Han Solo
0: yeah. <laughs> and saves
1: Zero from Arch yeah. So, yeah.
0: And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. And he's brought the Pirates of the Flame along. And, as I said, we see the fleet from the, planet of the, the, the Mirror Planet and Esmeralda's Royal Guard, which is... Uh, so now we've got this giant, like, uh, naval spaceship battle... With all the lasers firing everywhere, so you know it's a, a Japanese uh, space battle, right? With all the laser beams. Yes. And uh, th- and this is this is what I was talking about when we see the they say, oh, it's the fleet of the, the Planet of mirrors, and it it's it's the it looks like a painting where all of them disappear like they're painted like a matte painting like on glass of all the two dimensional beings, uh, you know, there and they have they they they, they look almost like kind of like um like we'd seen in, in a Godzilla movie where the 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 priest on the island and the priestesses would be wearing you know kind of like the uh uh like a southeastern island type look yeah. almost not yeah. wearing the skirts and stuff but they they were a, a somewhat primitive looking uh group which I guess well, makes it's sense, kind of, the it, other group is like, you know, 18th century pirates in space, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, then, and also kind of like that whole aspect of, you know, like knights and dragons and fantasy, like like almost like they're trying to go for a, you know, medieval kind of, you know, attire, but, that it's yeah. not going to be, you know, basically to set them apart, you know, it, it kind of goes back to that whole, you know, that this, this planet is you know, the Redwood Forest planet kind of vibe. It's like, okay, well on on Mirror Knight's planet, they have a bunch of mirrors and, and they all kind of dress like they're in the thirteenth century, like go. Yeah. You know, like so.
0: It's it's almost like kind of like a fantastical Chanbara, like a fantastical samurai type of thing. Is, yeah might be a yeah. better way to describe it. Because you know that that's always the way I've heard it described, even though when you compare East to West the, um, the Chanbara, the samurai film is the closest connection that they, the Japanese have to well, a Western that we'd have here in the West. Right. Mm. But from a, um, a legend standpoint and the way that it's handled in their own, you know, uh, personal or, or, you know, uh, local history, the, the, uh, the feud, the, the feuding States and all that, that is very similar to how we view the middle ages, mm. you know? So the, the, romanticized view of the samurai would, could be compared to the romanticized view of Camelot and the Knights of the Round Table. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that really fits in. I, I think that's a really good insight, and I didn't I didn't think of that. That yeah, the Mirror Knight, it's like this feudal sort of you know the the honorable knight with the honor or what which would be akin to like the honorable samurai type of thing, yeah, and defending yeah. the princess and the royal family and all that. So that 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 I didn't even get that. So hey, they, this is why we collaborate on stuff, you know. <laughs> cool yeah so glenfire show brings the cavalry and um the the ships have the ship to ship battle uh but arch he's not having any of that so he unleashes this massive beam this massive fire beam and the four heroes stand together and make a really big shield uh with like an ultra barrier and then mirror knight puts up a mirror and then all four of them are like putting their shoulders into it trying to hold it and Zero's color timer is just going bing, a bing, a bing, a bing, a bing. And, you know, uh, if, if the color timer ever goes out, you know, Ultraman Zero may never rise again. And finally, after, uh, you know, just a nonstop torrent of energy, the color timer goes out on Ultraman Zero. And it's like that, you know, shit just got real right up
1: in there. But I'm like, luckily, now finds the power of heart and gold glittery things. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's it's Okay.
0: Yeah, because Ultraman Noah uh, is revi- revives Zero and tells him that the shield was inside him the whole time. Maybe the real treasure is friendship. <laughs> to which Glenn Fire would say, the treasure is not friendship!
1: <laughs> uh, he's, like, uh, he's like, treasure is roasted bird. or grilled, grilled bird, whatever.
0: Grilled meat. Uh so the uh the power but the power invested in him by uh Ultraman Noah um zero revives and is transformed into Ultimate Zero where he gets uh, a new big shield and stuff like that and he is uh ready to go to town and uh so he uses his new final attack which is a final ultimate zero and uh old uh, Belial Arch Belial is destroyed and the the day is saved um again not uncommon in a tokusatsu or an anime for the hero to get that one last big upgrade right before they need it uh, Dude, because that, they that discovered one whatever they were you know whatever they were questing for they they have it
1: that one that one arm sweep he makes where he just takes out the whole fleet like it' yeah. just like whoosh and I'm just like super super badass like yeah. that's that's super cool. You know, you know what's funny is sometimes I get... Like, it's weird. I, I think I got used to it eventually, like the the uh, geese, But, like, um, it's like... So, sometimes I'm kind of like, oh, some some of this stuff I, I think is, like, too top-heavy or too busy, you know, sometimes. Because he's got, like, the big, giant, like, you know, sort of over-armor on his regular suit. So it's like, I guess I prefer his his base form, Zero's base form, you know, that's my preference. But it's like, I did kind of get used to that after a while, where I was like, oh, okay, he's got, like, the extra pads and then the, the the sword that kind of juts out alongside his arm and everything like yeah. that. Like, I kind of dig it. And it's like, again, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, go get your Ultra Act kids because, right. you know, there, there's yeah. one of those, too, you know.
0: <laughs> well, you know, didn't you, Um, I, I think it was you that, that showed me this picture where you had taken the Zero Ultra Act and then you took the vinyl of him in the trantector armor and and cut cut that one cut it up so that you could put the uh, the armor on the Ultra Act from the the training armor was that you or was that was that maybe maybe someone just shared that picture with both
1: of us or something I don't know. I don't I don't have the vinyls as much, yeah. so it probably wasn't me. Yeah,
2: but like I, the, the, I actually the thing the up... thing
1: I remember I did was I did like a photoshop where I took like all five members of the ultimate force zero and like put them in like a space background yes. or something like that. Yeah.
0: Well, at, at heroes con this summer, I actually picked up that vinyl. One guy just randomly had the vinyl of him in the armor in the, the training armor. So for like five bucks and I'm like, yeah, for five bucks. Yeah. You're coming with me. So cool. he's actually standing here on my desk in his, in his training armor. Nice. Which, uh, you know, which is uh, that, 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 always, but I, I always remember that. I always love that bit with, with Leo training him on the on the planet and you always make the comment that he was like like Luke Skywalker can't
1: even see in this thing right yeah. right
0: right right <laughs> the other bit I, I really do like of this final this final bit here, the final fight against Archbelial is that it yes, even though the power of the Shield of Barrage goes to zero, his allies are instrumental because you got Glenfire and Jeanbot running interference on Archbelial.
1: Yeah so, so he can them. He can do yeah. the charge up on the, the super arrow, you
0: know? Right. And then, and it seems like that they failed and he's going to destroy zero before he can fire the super arrow. But then it was all an illusion created by Mirror Knight. And he's like, "Oh, we're good with mirrors on my planet." And it's like, "Oh, <laughs> snap!" And then the it, it's, the what,
1: mirror <laughs> knight, the, mirror knight's like,
0: psych! Yeah, <laughs> again, like VR Troopers, see ya. But uh, <laughs> what, I, what I love from a film from a film standpoint is that okay, so the action of axis of that scene has, um, um, you know, mirror mirror knight's illusion of Ultraman Zero is facing right and down like towards the bottom right corner of the screen right and arch has been firing towards the top left so okay so that's your action of axis right and then he breaks through the beam he destroys the mirror mirror knight taunts him the of the axis of action then flips so that now the real zero is on the top right hand part of the frame and is shooting down to the bottom left so he is 180 degrees away from where Mirror Night is, and it's all that's all communicated just in the way that the cinematography frames the shot. So I, from a you know the 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 film the film 201, a Clemson University student in me loves that little bit. I, I I like when people pay attention to the axis of action, uh, which is not always the case in some of the movies I watch. But here that was a, a nice little bit. And he charges up the super arrow and then patang. But uh, so with 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 all seemingly gone for good, we don't know. You know, I, I doubt he'll ever appear again, right? All it's ultra like, characters never appear again once they're defeated. Certainly.
1: I'm like it's, it's like Doomsday and Thanos and yeah. everybody else I compare Belial to. They they, yeah. they appeared that one time and never appeared ever again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about Thanos is that I, I really get the feeling that after the first story, the first big Thanos story Starlin did, where he got turned to stone at the end of it, um. With the with with the Avengers and yeah yeah I really got the feeling that that Starlin was okay for him to be done because he yeah, doesn't use him yeah. for like almost twenty years right yeah yeah so I'll have to ask him that next next time he comes to Heroes Con I'm sure no one's ever asked him that before and I doubt you know it'll be a brand <laughs> new question um but anyway after after the fight um Zero who is back in the body of of Ran and uh, now are mourning the death of Princess Emorana, but she's okay, because she used, uh, uh, she has survived uh, her using all of her power, much to now's consternation. He's a little freaked out. I,
1: I, I actually like that, like, like because he, he he's, like, he, he, he basically, like, sort of has a little mini meltdown, you yeah. so know, even <laughs> though, because first he thinks she's a ghost, right. and then and, and then when he realizes she's okay, it's just kind of like, but we thought you were dead. Like, <laughs> you, it's almost you like he just have, a, a, you just have a good extreme reaction to that. It's almost like, you know what it's like? It's like, it's like, you know, the end of threes company where they like do a freeze frame on something, right. you know, it's like, you sit there <laughs> in the middle of a like meltdown. And then it's like, they do the freeze. And it's like,
0: wah, 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 wah,
1: wah, you know, and like, I don't know. It's kind of funny. So.
0: <laughs> I was thinking that or like a meal for RoboCop. It's like, you're dead. <laughs>
1: We killed you! We killed you! <laughs> Number two guy works for Archbelial.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I try to work streaming, you know, Emil, uh, Emil streaming, you're dead, we killed you in everyday conversation. But, you know, the HR department has told me enough, you know, it's, it's enough of that. So. <laughs> but in any event, so uh, the, the princess is revealed to be okay back on uh, Esmeralda. Uh, uh you know she talks to run who zero is still in his body and you know they, they they say their goodbyes and all that and uh now comes up and he he really wants them to stay with him but but zero has to go and so zero leaves and R- uh, ran is is back to normal he is healed and ready to leave a, a normal life but remembers absolutely nothing of the previous events
1: what do so you he will forever be in what what did you think of that like that seemed to be a choice of theirs to be like okay Rand doesn't remember anything like like would you think it would have been a little different had he remembered some things or like had a general sense of what was going on or would that have been too confusing like there was that weird part of me that kind of wanted him to know who the princess was like that that they could all i mean it's 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 like a weird thing it's like it 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 kind of goes back to like you know if you were like super hyper critical of it where you're like oh well yeah he helped him heal and get better but it's almost like you know it kind of be like the alien costume taking peter parker for a spin the entire run of Secret Wars that he was wearing right. it. And then and then by the time he you know, when he finally loses the alien costume for that like 12 months or whatever that he had it, like Peter Parker wakes up and is like, dude, what what have I been doing for the last year? And you're like, wow, that feels sort of like a little violation there. You know what I mean? Like where right. it's like, oh, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't know anything, you know? And I was just like, oh, that kind of feels weird. Like I and then, then I guess just for the you know the the quote unquote happy ending, good feels or whatever. You you kind of wanted him to, you know. I I guess the princess like it, it's it's maybe the sign of a good leader where like she she senses the unease about that moment and she just kind of is like you know you know he this is my name and it's nice to meet you and you know like like she's trying to sort of. Establish a reintroduction so it's not quite so awkward. But I'm I'm kind of curious what your take on that was.
0: Yeah, you know, because I I'm I don't know I I the way I kind of I guess no prize it in my head is that he was essentially unconscious because he was healing almost like if he if he was in a coma. So that's why he doesn't remember it. But I kind of I kind of agree with you. I think it would have been neat for him. To say that, you know, that maybe he had, I don't remember, I don't remember exactly, but I remember you princess or something like that, you know, because even, even someone who is in a coma can still have some kind of sense memories, you know, Um, the, the, you know, the, the thing with, uh, uh, that, uh, that I uh, attributed that to, the only thing I could think is that, you know, Hayata doesn't have the memories of his time being with Ultraman because Hayata was near death when he merges with Ultraman. And then at the end, after they fight Zetan and Zafi gives a life to both of them, Hayata comes out, but he doesn't, rem- he doesn't have the memories of it. Because, um, you know, they, so even though Hayata was still there, and it was Ultraman and Hayata the whole time, Hayata doesn't, didn't remember all of those adventures. So I, I can only assume it was a reference to that idea. Now yeah. of course Hayata okay. would later some we never see it, but he remerges with Ultraman, and the two of them have other adventures. And Hayata remembers it. We saw that in um, in, in uh, Mega Monster Battle. So I, again, I, I think maybe it's it's like you were saying that it's kind of the you know pushing back on the 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 old school idea of having an Ultra with the human is that when the human is the, when they are no longer merged, the human doesn't remember all, all the stuff. So I, I I agree with you though it would have been I think it, the the romantic in me would have liked uh, him to remember the princess and remember yeah, yeah. them you know she saving their lives or something like that you know but unfortunately not to be um, so with uh, with with all the humans uh, uh, happily uh, together on on Esmeralda um, Zero is flying back following the digital trail breadcrumbs um, I guess considering that. Uh, he wasn't supposed to be able to find his way home with if he used all his power, but hey, the blue, the, the shield of Varaj took care of that, and he is gonna head home. But then he is met up by his new pals, and they are asking him, hey, is it so? Do you have to leave so soon? Glenfire wants to tussle again, you know. And uh, so Zero says that he's gonna form his new a new space garrison, and that these guys are gonna be his buddies, and that they are going to be form a team called Ultimate Force Zero and uh so and thus in in uh I'm, I'm sure as you were watching this team building disease suddenly triggered into high high effect
1: high high octane team yeah. <laughs> building disease when you're like yeah and then I,
0: I, and then I do and then, really and then, like and then this idea it's of the yeah. you know of zero having his whole crew of guys you know it's like zero with his squad goals having his his boys there Ready to go rolling into town and beating up any giant monsters and would be universal conquerors.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, that it's a cool team dynamic. They they have a bunch of different kind of types and stuff, and and but like this, I think you know definitely led me down that, that road where I was like, oh, this is a cool bunch of guys and everything, and then you know later like Gene Nine will show up too, so it's like that's to me, I was like, okay, this is like. You know, it's interesting because, you know, part of me thinks of it like, you know, something like the Avengers, you know, teaming up or whatever, but, you know, not too many of these guys had separate films, so actually, again, the feces and the banana peels will come my way, but again, to me, it's a little more, a little more like Justice League, you know, it's like all those people were, you know, introduced in the same movie, and then you kind of bring them all together, and they're kind of a more cohesive team by the end of it, you know, And, and so, like... That's, you know, like, I, I enjoy that aspect of this film. I enjoyed getting introduced to the characters and everything, and then them going on to have, you know, continued adventures and stuff like that. And And it's a nice way of, I guess establishing zero as his own man you know like right. it, it's cool that like we got all the cool stuff with like tons of Ultramen and and even seeing all the you know his is essentially you know ostensibly his his longtime family coming in to you know fight all the the cyborgs and dark clops and all that other stuff and and hooking them up you know as part of this you know galactic battle and everything but it is kinda of cool that like he basically you know, it's like he moves away from home and he gets an apartment and he has a bunch of friends and you know, yeah, it's in a different multiverse. But, you know, yeah. whatever. You know, like it's 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 setting him up to to sort of have his own kinda you know, you know, kinda go out on his own and, and make his own mark on the world, you know.
0: Yeah, and, and and ties back again with like as what Ultra Seven said is perhaps this is his destiny. So, you know, maybe, you know, that uh That, you know, you you get the feeling that, yes, Seven would love to have his son there defending the the galaxy with him, but perhaps his destiny lies somewhere else, you know. King Philip of Macedonia said, my son, ask for thyself another kingdom, because that which I leave is too small for thee. And his son was Alexander the Great. So, you know, you get the idea that perhaps he has to go away from the shadow of his dad. Perhaps he has to go away from the other Ultras. In order to to really make his mark in the universe, and you know now he's he's got a, a whole world to adventure in and a whole crew to adventure it with, so I, I really do like the ending of this, and it's not the same type of emotional ending like the end of Mega Monster Battle, but it ultimately to me is just as satisfying,
1: just kind of satisfying in a different way. I, I think it's interesting because I think I think coming off of Mega Monster Battle, like your heart pressed, like if, if you. You know, it's like if you compare the two, you know, it's like it's like, you know, I'll, I'll plug another show on your network. But it's like, you know, there, there's that there's that Jaws, Jaws 2 dynamic going on, right. you know, where where you're like, yeah, you know, this this film is not ultra galaxy mega monster battle, but not a whole lot of films are going to be ultra galaxy mega monster battle. And I, I think I appreciated that you gave me the opportunity to at this again and not. Look at it with the lens of, dude, Mega Monster Battle was so, it rocked. It's so awesome. I want the next one. And then, and then you watch this and it's a good movie, but it's not quite the same awesome as you felt with that, but it's like seeing it and taking it on its own merit it's a good film you know and it's entertaining and and the characters have good arcs and they introduce you to a whole new cast that you're going to come to love and you know that you do love in the course of the film and everything so i mean you know that in that sense i appreciated the opportunity to look back on the film sort of in in kind of more of a vacuum without trying to compare apples and oranges or anything. And that made me appreciate it a lot more.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, and I agree with that because mega monster battle is really just a celebration of ultra, you know, in so many ways with, with all the different characters that are involved and all that. Whereas here, I mean, this film in no matter what language is titled as an Ultraman zero movie. And this is, you know, I mean, like I said it's Ultraman zero, the movie, is it, is it's regular title in, 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 the, in Japanese And the movie is actually in English, which I think is great. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so it, it's, 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 it is definitely an apples and oranges situation. This is kind of the, you know, if that was his, if Mega Monster Battle was his debut, this is his kind of coming out party, you know, um, to, to, you know, in a way that the way I was kind of thinking about this kind of based on some stuff I've been reading over the summer, you know in um, in the the waning days of new mutants and then in x-force that was where cable debuted and he was this badass right and 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 he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way but he he was really popular and a lot of people loved him well then cable when he left x-force went out on his own and had his own book for how many years and developed into in many ways a many a, a different character than the one we were initially introduced to and had you know his own uh, crew of allies and his own crew of villains and other stuff that he did that was divorced in some ways from that earlier stuff and so it, it's 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 not not a it's not a perfect comparison but kind of the same idea in that
1: zero i was, was, I was about case. to be like i was about to be like you're not comparing ultimate force zero to six pack are you <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i mean from a from a
1: narrative standpoint yes
0: perhaps. yes
2: of course of course <laughs>
0: Although, I all would right. love to see Ultimate Force Zero drawn by Mike Mignola, like that one flashback issue of, uh, of X-Force. Oh, that yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, Mignola. yeah. That would be cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but I think you understand what I mean, is that, you know, yeah, he, yeah. This, this is Zero's coming out party. He's gonna, alright, you, you, everyone's been introduced to me, they know my backstory, I've redeemed myself, I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of the angels now, I still have a bit of an attitude, I still sometimes may use a little bit uh, more force than might be deemed necessary. But but I'm I'm an ultra hero and it's like okay now this is my story, you know I, I'm not going to get a series to tell my story like a lot of the others but this is going to be my story this is the start of it, and it's such it's a great setup for you know as a story engine of of Ultimate Force Zero out in this new the Wild West almost where he doesn't know you know the lay of the land like he does necessarily in his universe so. Yeah, I mean, I, I was happy just to rewatch this, because it had been a few years since I'd had a chance to watch it, and it, it to me, it really holds up. Like I said, it's, it's, it's very episodic, but, uh, you know, you kind of expect that, especially in, in a film like this, that it's going to be episodic. But each of the segments works really well, and they're different enough that they're not, even though you get, you know, two, two back-to-back segments of, you know, we, we have to fight so we can be allies, they're 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 differentiated enough and the story is, is strong enough to carry it and keep your interest throughout the entire time. So uh, is that I I'm, I'm glad that you had a chance to, to rewatch it and appreciate it, because I, I certainly did.
1: And by a few years, what Luke is trying to say is the little kid who plays now is now an adult on an Ultraman show. That's <laughs> just want to just want to point that out there.
0: Yes, it's it's been you know life unfortunately has a way of getting in the way <laughs> i i just hope that it's before 2022 before we cover ultraman saga i'm just gonna throw that nice. out there so maybe right. maybe we could get to it a little bit sooner
1: hey i'm i'm there
0: oh uh, so uh so um I'm, I'm i'm guessing that you would give the recommendation to uh revenge Belial.
1: yeah yeah i'd give the recommendation i mean you know, it's a recommendation with caveats, you know, it's, it's probably more, you know, it's more Jaws 2 than Jaws, you know, like it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where if you, if you had your heart set on another mega galaxy monster battle, because it's the sequel to it, like, well, you know, temper your expectations, but on its own, taken on its own merit, it's, it's a good movie. It gets a recommend from me. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. As I
0: said, it's just, uh, you know, if it, it it, it, this is Ultraman zero getting to live his story and tell his have his adventure and be away from the other ultras for the most part and uh, in addition to just as I said the, the new crew of heroes, all of them are fantastic in their own way um, you know they're, they're just great designs and cool characters and uh, you know and and there, there's a reason why they continue to merchandise these characters in the States, because they, they became uh, you know popular in their own right. As, as his as his crew of dudes you know so definitely I, I would recommend it as I said uh, you can find this on uh, I found it on eBay uh, from a whole Asian DVD I'm sure if you look you can you can find a fan sub for it uh, along with the two uh, guidance I think there were two guidance weren't there for this
1: the, there um, was a promotional one that came before this I think that introduced the Dark Cloth zero guys yeah. and then and then there was the there was another one I think after this that introduces Gene Nine.
0: Gene Nine, yes, that's right. So those I know are also available on on import DVD. So uh, you you can search uh, search them out. Uh, I, again, never had an official release here in the states, unfortunately. But um, you know, hey, you never know. Like um, we were we were talking uh, earlier with with the new Ultraman anime based on the manga coming in hmm. spring. To Netflix, maybe maybe some of these these older properties will get picked up. Uh, I am very much looking forward to that anime. That does look really cool, yeah. I thought.
1: Yeah. I, I guess I misunderstood because like for a while there I thought it was just gonna be like a series of films like that Godzilla anime, but I guess right. it's a series and it does look it does look a lot more faithful to the manga than I thought it was gonna be. So I was like, Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, like, this would that... be
1: pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah,
0: the the manga is the manga is interesting and I and I don't mean that as a cop out. It's interesting because it it some things it is very much very strictly sticking with the original continuity from Ultraman. Yeah. But then in some places because it only counts the original show, it doesn't count Ultra 7 or anything else. So anything from so that so characters will appear from those later series in a completely new um new take on them. Yeah. which is, is to me is I said it's just really interesting because it's like okay I see that's supposed to be such and such and it's like okay so that that's why I've really enjoyed reading the manga and I'm definitely looking forward to that anime so uh, that that is uh, I have to figure out how I watch I am I I, I am so far behind on my Ultraman watching I don't know what I'm gonna do but you know that one at least it, if, if it's on Netflix I can uh, maybe you know watch it on my phone on my lunch break or something mm-hmm. like that so, yeah 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 uh,
1: but uh, I, I, during lunch go ahead oh. Yeah, no, I uh, the only other thing I was going to say was besides the Ultraman manga, it's like the thing that left me scratching my head is there were these the, the William Winkler dubs like oh, where yes. they released those films and everything. I remember I got to go see uh, the it was like the Ultraman X movie and then the one of the Ginga movies in yes. San Francisco. And I saw it at like an Alamo draft house. But then it's like, you know, at, it, like again, like. And, and this, I think, legitimately qualifies as a few years, as opposed to you know eight years or whatever. But like like right, it, yeah. that, I, I saw a few years ago, and it was like one of those things where you would read interviews from William Winkler. Oh yeah, we're gonna get this on Blu-ray. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. And I'm kind of like crickets. Like what what happened? Yeah. Like where 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 is this stuff? So yeah. that that's something too where I I'd be interested in if 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 somehow the way the consumer market has changed you know i wonder if they could get those dubs onto netflix too now or something with the the anime
0: yeah well and and i was i was very kind of upset with myself because i think the closest one to me it was either atlanta or charlotte i want to say obviously there wasn't one here in in south carolina and and i couldn't do it i had other i had i was out of town so i wasn't able to do it and I remember thinking the same thing. It was like, well, you know, the, Winkler says they're going to have a, a home media release, and they did release the the um, those those three film compilations for um, what for Guy King and Dangard Ace and uh, Starior. Was it Star- No, what was the last one? Starvengers, or um, I'm, I'm I'm blanking on the last one. But of the, that, they did the same thing where they did they they made the three compilation movies out of the entire series. Okay, and 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 release the three of them. I I know Guy King and Dangard Ace were two of them, and I cannot remember the third one. And I'm I feel really kind of stupid. Um, and I, I don't remember what it was called. I think it might have... I star something. And I and I'm gonna kick myself because as soon as we're off the recording, I'm gonna remember it. But yeah, you're right. They those those Ultra movies never showed up on home media, and I'm like, no Ultra. Come on, man, I'm, you're <laughs> you're killing me here, Winkler, but. But, you know, that is uh, that is the 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 the, uh, the the bane of being a tokusatsu fan sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I um, you, you mentioned like Hong Kong subs and I was Malaysian subs are much better than most Hong Kong subs. I'll just throw that out there. But, um, you know, it, it, to me, it never bothered me to get a Hong Kong sub because when I was coming up watching this stuff originally, you were you, if you got raw Japanese, you were happy as a clam. <laughs> okay. so to get any subtitles is a boon you know <laughs> so it's, like, it's like you know what it's not perfect i'll i'll deal you know <laughs> yeah yeah and and frankly it's, and most ultraman stories are not so complex that you need like hyper detailed subtitles to follow you know <laughs> that's just me though i don't know but uh, uh derek why don't you uh it's been great talking to you I, and it's been a, it's been a while since we talked i know we've done a few uh, uh, episodes on, on on your network uh, since we last did this why don't you tell the folks about your network and where else you can be heard on the internet
1: so if you want to hear more podcasting goodness you can go over to fanholespodcast.blogspot.com uh, Luke was kind enough to join us on episodes of Toku Thursdays in the past but we've got all kinds of programming over there if you're interested in you know comics or anime films you know Sentai, Toku anime uh, Gundam, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like that's all over there on the network. And then if you like uh, comics and, and comic to film adaptations, um, I've got my YouTube videos for history of comics on film. And those are all cataloged on the HOCOF.blogspot.com.
0: Yeah. History and comics on film is a lot of fun. That's an easy one to fall down the rabbit hole on with those videos. I got to admit that. Um, but that's okay. Sometimes you gotta fall down a rabbit hole, you know. You need a break, you know. <laughs> Work's been a drag. You just need a little relaxation. So, and uh, and you know, uh, fanholes and Earth Destruction Directive have a long history of working together, and I'm glad to keep that going. You guys are always a, a blast. On like Toku Thursday, talking Common Rider, Gaim, or uh, any of the Common Rider movies or stuff we've done together, always a hoot uh, on uh, on the fanholes. And what's funny, one of my earliest. Uh, Interactions with you guys. I think we did we did an episode, I think, of Toku Thursday, and then after we recorded, but before it was released, you guys did an episode for uh GoBots Battle of the Rock Lords. Oh, okay. And I said I said on, like your Facebook, hey, I love the Rock Lords. And I think it was like Tony <laughs> was like, We're sorry. <laughs> 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 But that episode, I mean, I remember listening to it well because a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll. Uh, this is back before I had the, the smartphone, but I put them on my MP3 player and listened to them when I was taking my afternoon walks and my afternoon break. And I remember just walking on my camp, my campus at work, and just laughing my ass off while listening to that episode. So, you guys, as I did, Fanholes is is great stuff, and uh, they have a real unique take on on a lot of properties out there. So definitely check them out. They are well worth the. Uh, well worth the listen and I'll, i will put a link in the show notes so you can go check out the fan holes, so um it's uh is that that and I, I i do every time i see my rock lords i think about that episode i do love rock lords that's a shoot by the way that's completely legit so <laughs>
1: there there are rock gnarlies along with the vinyl ultra somewhere right <laughs> actually i have
0: um i have all of the first two waves of the rock lord <laughs> Toys? Dude, Rock,
1: rock Lords—that's that, that's some good classic collectibles right there. Yeah. That's that's not easy to come by. All the Rock Lords.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't have either of the vehicles. I have all four of the first wave Rock Gnarlies. Uh, I don't have any of the Jewel Lords or the Wave Three Evil Rocks, which are kind of the harder ones to find. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I've,
0: I've had those on my list for a while, but I do have one really awesome Rock Lords thing, I do have the fossil Rex, the combiner, mm-hmm. um, which was never released in the U.S., was only released in Japan and then in Europe. I have, I think... I think, No, I have the... I think I have the European release because it says, it says Machine Robo on, okay. the, uh, and on, on the box. It's MR. I forget what their number is. But I got a boxed um, Fossil-Saurus Rex complete with, like I said, the box, you insert everything. That is one of my, and I love that piece. It, it is it is so unique and so crazy. Uh, and so I'm that, uh, so I'm, I, you know, I'm always, I, I was a little disappointed. I went to a toy show with my buddy Adam last month and I was on the lookout for Rock Lords. I only found one, I, only, I bought one GoBot, but no Rock Lords. Didn't see any Rock Lords that I needed. So always on the lookout for, for Rock Lords stuff. And so uh, stay tuned for my
1: uh, coming soon Rock
0: Lords podcast.
1: Uh, <laughs> update from Cortex. Dude, what are you talking about? You gotta do you got to Rock Lord's Movie Minute, Luke. You gotta make a whole <laughs> thing out of this, dude.
0: Oh, and Telly Savalas yelling, put him in the Tumblr! But, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's a planet of rocks. The Tumblr? That's awesome. I don't care you know, who you are. Right?
1: Mo- most times I'm like, we better check if there's a Movie Minute of this, but I don't think we need to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: gonna put that in the notebook got it all right well before we get any more bad ideas i think i'd better i think we'd better sign off so uh uh derek thank you very much once again for for joining me always fun to talk uh any type of tokusatsu but especially ultraman with you and like i said hopefully we can uh get back together and do ultraman saga sometime in the next four years
1: yeah i'm so there like this is awesome thanks for inviting me this was a pleasure
0: absolutely man and uh, and I'd like to thank everyone out there for listening. I'd like to remind everyone that, Hey, if you like what we're talking about, don't like what we're talking about, uh, please send an email, earth directive at yahoo.com. You can hit me up on Facebook or Twitter. And I want to rem- remind everyone once again, that everyone is welcome at earth destruction direction. Uh, and, and if, if you like giant monsters or giant heroes, you should feel that you are welcome here on this show because you are. And as I said, all are welcome here. So thank you everyone for downloading and listening. And keep them stomping. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Dai Kaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Luke Giaconetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyrighted by their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. If you'd like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I'll read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave an iTunes review if you want. You can get in touch with the show on Facebook. Just search for Earth Destruction as the first name and Directive as the last name. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter with the handle LJACONE. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. And if you want to buy something discussed on the show, head on over to 2TrueFreaks.com and click on the Amazon.com link on the front page. Any items you buy during your session on Amazon.com will help keep the lights on, and it won't cost you anything extra. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun on Earth Destruction Directive.